Hey guys, welcome to Maple Crest Church. This is a place where, together, we'll be diving into topics like who Jesus is, what he wants for us, and how to live it out in today's world. We hope it serves you well in your journey and gives you life. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your family. Okay, let's get into the message. Hey, good morning. We are very excited to talk to you today about how God communicates with his loved ones, and that's us. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call me and I will answer you and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Uh, We want to share some stories of different ways that we've heard from God, and hopefully this will encourage you to listen for his voice. My Catholic upbringing taught me to talk to God in prayer, but it wasn't until uh, my confession of sins at about nine or ten years of age that I sensed God uh, responding to what I was praying. I felt amazingly free and uh, floating on air sensation, knowing that God loved me. That was followed by years of ups and downs, doubts and assurances, and a walking away from God between my 20s and 30s. My conversion experience came in my 30s when God engineered a move from Winnipeg to uh, Stonewall. We were right across the street from a Baptist church. And after attending a service at the church, the pastor came uh, and offered to pray with me to accept Jesus as my savior. After that, I began to recognize God's thoughts in my mind and some other delightful ways that God communicates started opening up to me. Well, my upbringing was that um, I grew up out in the country and my my mom faithfully took me to uh, church every Sunday. My dad never came. He, um, well, but he never came to church at that time. And um, I was taught to talk to God and I, I, we would call that prayer. I think I must have believed that he listened, but I don't ever remember being taught that I could hear him. I always believed in God and Jesus as my savior, but I didn't know who he was for me at this time. I always had a hungry hunger for more of him. Um, and it's been a journey, but in, and, but an exciting journey. God, God created us for a relationship with him. And he put within us a desire to know him more. Communication is a two-way street, and so um, to communicate, it's an exchange of um, messages between two people. And I came to realize eventually that God does speak to me. I'm always expecting to hear his voice. He can speak to me in any way he chooses. I think that most believers believe that God speaks to us through his word. So, And that's so true. It is... um, the inspired word of God. And um, sometimes you can read something in the Bible, you may have read it 20 or 30 times, and then all of a sudden it will stand out. It's like God's underlining it um, for you. And that's because he wants to teach you something through his word. And um, so he's communicating, he communicates through his word. And the Bible is always our standard. 
we always go back to what the word says. If you, if you receive a word from someone or you hear something, it has to line up with scripture. Um, so that's the one thing that we really need to remember. Um, I can honestly say scripture has come alive for me again. Uh, and it's so exciting. I, I think um, I, I we went to a good Bible-believing church um, um, and we were taught really well. And then we kind of moved into more of a being thrilled with, um, with um, more of the charismatic leaning. Um, just, it was so exciting. And now it's like he's put those together now. It's the word and it's the Holy Spirit together. And so God is doing something new and the scriptures have just come alive now. Um, I've heard it said that we should read the Bible out loud. And, you know, there are promises and declarations that are that come alive when we read the Bible out loud. So that's one thing, um, just a little um, hint, I guess, to to see the word come alive for you. But you know what, if you think that that's the only way that uh, God is going to speak to you is through his word, then you may miss out on some other things because God speaks to us in many different ways. We can't put God in a box. We can't say what God is going to do. God will do what he wants to do. <laughs> and he loves to speak to us in different ways. And usually it's very meaningful to us. So um, someone who is very artistic, uh, it may be through a painting. Someone, it may be through music. There's just, God will speak to us in the way that will be most meaningful to us. So, um, so then uh, he, he does speak to you through your thoughts, um, through someone you've met, in worship, in a movie, often God will speak to me in a movie theater. And I don't know why that is, but it's almost like maybe because there is no other distractions. But you know how that one line in a movie will stand out to you? Well, that can happen to you at home. But it's it happens to me more in a movie theater. I don't know why. I think because it's just less distractions. Um, he can speak to us through prophecy, a word of knowledge, through dreams or visions. He speaks to me in dreams, uh, but I'm not going to share about that today because usually through dreams, it's a more of a corporate thing, something for the church or something for, and um, we're talking more about how he speaks to us personally today uh, or visions. And so we're going to talk about some of the ways that we've heard from him. Um, God sometimes speaks very directly, some audible examples. Uh, uh, in scripture or Jesus's baptism uh, he said this is my son whom I love in him I'm well pleased in uh, Matthew 3 17 um, he spoke to Samuel first Samuel 3 9 um, in Genesis Abraham and uh, to Mary in Luke 1 26 to name a few and then there's the transfiguration story in Luke 9:28. I haven't experienced uh, hearing God in uh, an audible voice, but I have had uh, him speak to me uh, in dreams. Uh, and there's uh, scriptural examples of God speaking in dreams uh, to Joseph, Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, Pharaoh. Uh, in my own dream, uh, God and I were having a discussion one day, 
And uh, he said to me, uh, uh, when things happen to you that uh, uh, have the potential to, to destroy you, I want you to stand firm knowing that I will get you through them. And, uh, and I said to him, oh, Lord, uh, I know that. But uh, in the old days, you would have sent an angel to confirm that message. And uh, that was just because I had a desire to see an angel. And suddenly there he was, uh, my guardian angel. He was just uh, a fiery gold, translucent, uh, shining uh, entity. And from him emanated just this sense of love and anticipation uh, that he'd been waiting for this moment for a long, long time. And uh, the communication between this angel and I uh, was uh, just mental. I just sensed that he had a great love for me and he had known me all my life and protected me. And uh, so God just uh, confirmed what he was saying uh, through that. I also had a dream one time of uh, doing ministry in the Arctic. I was flying a, a team up to uh, a remote community and uh, the community had uh, some real difficult times uh, uh, with drugs and, uh, and uh, alcohol. And we preached a message uh, in this community and encouraged everybody to bring all of their drugs into the center of town and, and we made a great big fire and we just burned them all up. And, and the smoke just billowed in the air and there were Arctic terns that were flying uh, from all directions through the smoke, they were just swooping through it. And uh, when we went back uh, uh, to our home church, we were supposed to uh, give a report and uh, I got up and excitedly said, uh, uh, we rid that community of all the contraband. And uh, in our efforts to clean this place up, we left no turn unstoned. And, and I woke up out of that dream laughing. And, uh, uh, and I, I said to God, uh, you're just so funny. You have a, a wonderful sense of humor, Lord. And, and uh, in my thoughts, he spoke back to me and said, uh, I want you to be aware of uh, uh, relationship, that that's the primary key to ministry. And uh, when you engage in relationship with me and other people, that uh, the, the efforts to uh, clean up things will just come naturally, but don't uh, don't have your focus on projects. Uh, focus rather on relationships. So, uh, so God was speaking me uh, to me through that dream, uh, through our own thoughts. Have you ever thought of something and said to yourself, "Where did that come from?" Because it's so contrary to the way you normally think and what you believe. Um, one time uh, my car had been stolen and uh, 
uh, I was having these images of uh, catching up to the thief and dragging him out of the car and giving him a severe beating. And um, I was praying and I said, Lord, why can't I get rid of these thoughts? I can't seem to shake. And in my thoughts, he said, because you think you're better than he is. And, uh, and I was a little taken back because I really thought I was better. And uh, it was hard to contemplate that I really wasn't. Then God reminded me of uh, some of the thievery that I had uh, engaged in and as a young man, uh, raiding a garden or stealing apples from someone's tree and so on. And it was a shock to realize that I really wasn't any different. And uh, so I prayed to forgive him and uh, uh, those images went away. And so, so God was speaking to me uh, through my thoughts and uh, uh, just clearing up some misconceptions uh, that, that I was stuck in. Uh, miraculous healings that say, I'm God and I will make you whole again, trust me. One time uh, um, I was beginning to get the flu. I was feeling nauseated and uh, uh, just diarrhea and all that. And uh, so Margaret prayed for me and, uh, and she said, I'm going for a walk. You wanna come with me? And it was the last thing I, I wanted to do. But uh, through my thoughts, God said, walk out your healing. And uh, so I did. I said, okay, I'm coming. And uh, I was dragging along behind her uh, for about the first half of the walk. I just felt more and more miserable. And then suddenly things just started getting a little better. And uh, I was able to catch up to her and walk with her. By the time I got home, I was healed. I had no more flu. And uh, uh, God was just uh, saying to me through that, uh, uh, that it's, it's important to walk out what you're believing for. So uh, that, that's a, a very important concept uh, that we engage in what God is doing. Um, in John 10, 2, the true, uh, it says the true shepherd walks right up to the gate and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd for he calls him by his own name and leads them out. And what just struck me in, in there was he calls them by his own name, their own name. And I just thought, yeah, it's all about relationship. When you, when you hear, when he calls you by your name, you know that he knows you. And um, so his sheep hear his voice, recognize it and come. It doesn't say only the pastors, only the prophets, only the spiritually mature uh, hear him. It says any sheep can hear his voice. Um, God can speak to us also through people just in everyday circumstances. A few years ago, uh, maybe maybe about 20 years ago, time's going fast here. Um, 
I was supposed to have a surgery and I was quite nervous about having a surgery. So I had been praying about it a lot and I prayed about it the night before. And I sensed that God was saying that the next day he was going to hold me and he was going to speak to me. And so I had to have an epidural for the surgery. And so what they do is you're sitting on the edge of the bed and, um, and I had my arms around the nurse. So they're just holding you still while they put this needle into your spine. And um, so I was sitting there like that. And this nurse was just so um, loving and kind. Um, her eyes were just so warm and compassionate. And um, so, you know, we went through the procedure and then, um, then she came and checked on me in the recovery room. And um, so I went back to my room and that night I was praying. I said, well, God, you know, yesterday, last night, you, you said that I was, you were going to hold me and I was going to, and you were going to talk to me. And immediately when I said that, the picture of the nurse flashed in my mind. And so he had used that nurse to hold me, to comfort me. And I felt very loved and very um, she brought peace I know that I know it was uh, God wor uh, working through her I don't know you know she probably didn't even know but God used that nurse to really comfort me and get me through that time sometimes God speaks to us just uh, in the living of life everything that happens to us can be a learning experience if we seek God's perspective on it Brad Jerzyk uh, in his uh, book, Can You Hear Me, says that uh, God is constantly speaking truth in all sorts of ways. It's like radio waves in the air. And uh, it's uh, our attitude and receptiveness that will uh, determine how much of it we receive. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of our primary instincts is uh, self-preservation. Uh, one day, my son, uh, Martin, and I were out fishing uh, in my tip-resistant canoe. I had put an outrigger on the left side of it uh, that it would be stable so I could stand up and uh, in it and cast, or I could uh, have a lawn chair in there and sit comfortably. And uh, so we were cruising across the lake uh, in this canoe with the electric motor and battery and all our equipment and uh, I reached to the right a little bit uh, for a lure and suddenly the outrigger that I had put on to stabilize the canoe broke out of the suction of the water and the canoe began to tip to the right and uh, it's amazing how quickly you can analyze things. I suddenly realized we were going to lose everything uh, in that canoe if I didn't do something drastic. And uh, I suddenly just abandoned self-preservation and threw myself overboard, lawn chair and all. And uh, that act counteracted what was happening and the canoe uprighted itself back uh, uh, with Martin still in it. And uh, everything was fine. Only I was in the water with my lawn chair and my cell phone and uh, uh, treading water in some 
turbulent conditions. And uh, so I handed Martin the lawn chair and uh, uh, my cell phone and swam around to the uh, outrigger side and scrambled back on board. Uh, we'd lost nothing. And uh, later the Lord uh, just came into my thoughts and said, uh, that's how quickly Jesus abandoned self-preservation uh, in order to save all of mankind. And, uh, and it was just a, an important realization. Uh, we can continue to follow uh, the Lord and uh, uh, put our self-preservation aside in favor of uh, uh, doing what God uh, shows us is the right, uh, the right thing to do. The storms of life in nature. Uh, we, uh, we were visiting my daughter in the Philippines one time. She was a missionary there. And uh, she'd taken us out on an excursion uh, with a, a canoe and outrigger. And uh, uh, we were snorkeling and visited some underwater caves. And it was a beautiful day. Uh, it was about a two hour boat ride. On the way back, uh, the sun suddenly disappeared and there was a great gray uh, wall that we penetrated. And, and the rain that was coming down was stinging us like needles. We were holding up our towels, protecting ourselves from them. And the waves began to break over top of the bow. And uh, the driver of the boat was steering it with a long bamboo pole. There was no life jackets on board. And uh, uh, there was no instruments or anything to show them which way to go. And for an hour, we didn't know if we were headed from the Philippines to America out in the open ocean. Uh, we didn't know where we would end up. And uh, so we were both uh, afraid. Into sunshine, and uh, and God spoke to me through that, uh, and He said that's what He was teaching the disciples uh, when they were in the storm on the Sea of Galilee. That uh, uh, that faith in Him would get them through the storms of life, and uh, that uh, they needed to uh, rest in their faith. Uh, several years ago, I was driving and uh, thinking about a person at work that I was having a difficult time with. I know you'll find that hard to believe, but it's true. I wasn't sure how to handle this situation. So I prayed and I asked God what I should do. Immediately after I prayed, there was a coincidence. A truck changed lanes and came right in front of me. And it was a recycling truck. And it said on it, don't crush them, restore them. Was that really a coincidence? I mean, I prayed and immediately this truck came in front of me. I don't think it was a coincidence at all. I think God was answering that prayer. And I believe that God, um, that his, he's always about restoration. That is his heart, is restoration. And so when I saw that truck, 
and I saw what it said, don't crush them, restore them. I, I knew that I had to not give up on this person, that, that what God wanted me to do was um, befriend them, give them another chance, bring restoration to our relationship. And so um, that was very, um, just God teaching. God was teaching me, just driving one day. He taught me what to do in this situation. Sometimes uh, dramatic events open our eyes to God's constant involvement in uh, man's affairs. Uh, There's a, a trip I was on one time with uh, uh, pastors, uh, a couple of pastors and a, a worship team, and we were going up to northern communities. And uh, uh, we'd been asked to stop in a place called Whale Cove, which wasn't on our agenda. Uh, as soon as we stopped there, uh, a blizzard started and uh, and we were stranded. We weren't going to get out of there that night. And uh, so one of the uh, team members said, uh, I know someone that lives here. Uh, he's uh, principal of the school in this community. The community itself uh, had a real problem with uh, alcoholism and uh, and the children were really being uh, abused uh, in a lot of circumstances. And so uh, uh, the principal of the school invited us to give our testimonies uh, in each class in the school. There was probably a hundred children there, age uh, six to 16. And, uh, and so we gave our, our testimonies in each class and uh, invited uh, uh, all the kids to come to a church service uh, that night because we were stuck overnight. So on our way from, or I was going from the hotel room to the church and, uh, and the blizzard was still raging. It was blowing about 40 knots and uh, minus 30 and and I couldn't make it all the way to the church without getting some shelter. So I ducked into a, a, a building that had an open door just for a momentary shelter from the wind. Uh, and as I got in, I saw frozen carcasses of caribou and Arctic char and so on. And realizing that I had ducked into the community freezer for shelter from the blizzard, uh, uh, I started to chuckle and thought, what a sense of humor, Lord. Um, only you could warm me up in a, in a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> As I uh, continued on to the church, uh, I walked into the, the, the most warm place I think that I've ever experienced because the Holy Spirit uh, had filled the place before I even got there. I saw a hundred children sitting there and, uh, and they weren't acting out or goofing off. Everyone was mesmerized because they had the sense, the same sense of presence of the Holy Spirit that I was experiencing. And, uh, one of the pastors preached, uh, a short message and we sang a few songs and then there was an altar call and the kids flocked forward, all of them, not one was left behind. Uh, 
Some of them were sobbing and in tears uh, because of what they'd been experiencing. And uh, some of the older ones uh, were praying for and ministering to the younger ones. And uh, the team just prayed for all of them. And uh, at the end of the evening, like the, the presence of God's spirit persisted through the entire service. And uh, I was asked to, uh, to pray at the end uh, to close the service. And I, I just uh, said a simple prayer of, uh, uh, to the Lord, asking him to uh, affect every home in the community with uh, what was happening that evening, because it was such a special, dramatic event. And uh, so what, what that said to me that evening was that there's nothing in this world that can escape God's sovereignty. And, uh, and it just gave me a new appreciation that God is always at work in the world uh, despite some of the circumstances that we see. God also speaks to us through prophecy and words of knowledge. First uh, Corinthians 14.1 says to pursue love and desire spiritually gift, spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Um, 14.5 says when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring them comfort. <laughs> So prophecy isn't just a, um, a good idea. It's one of the gifts, gifts that God wants us to pursue. What could be better than God using you to bring a mes message to someone who's discouraged, someone who's sick, someone who's feeling hopeless? If it's delivered at the right time, it could be life-changing. First um, Corinthians 12, eight says, to another, the same gift, gives the gift of the word of knowledge. It is the ability, the word of knowledge is the ability to know facts about a situation or spiritual principle that would not have been known by natural means or the ability, or the ability to see how God sees something. About five years ago, we had flown up north to Cross Lake with a ministry team. Um, they had been having a lot of suicides up there. And so uh, uh, a team of us had gone up there to minister to the teenagers. And um, so we were up there, I think, for a weekend. And during one of the meetings, so we were in a, I can't even remember, some kind of building. I can't remember what kind of building it was. Church, maybe. We were, we were in, a, um, in a meeting and there was another team up there and I think they were from Alberta and I don't even remember the, the man's name. Anyways, he was up speaking and he turned towards us and he said to us, um, God is saying that, that we had had a financial loss and that we had lost money because of a reprobate. Now that's interesting because I never would have thought to her uh, say that word myself or I've never really heard anybody call anyone a reprobate um, then he said God wants you to know that he hasn't forgotten and it was true we had made an investment that was insured but because there was fraud um, the insurance wouldn't pay for it and so and this money we had invested was basically for our retirement so that we would have a bit of an income coming in um, 
it was just such an incredible word of knowledge. Uh, we had come to terms with the loss of the money. Um, so we weren't even at that point. I don't remember praying about it. Maybe I was a little bit, you know, I was always, there was always a bad feeling about that, but you know, we had, we had just let it go or I feel we had, but God cared enough to give us this message through a perfect stranger. We didn't know him. He didn't know anything about us. And you know what? It wasn't about the love. It was about love. It was God. Showing us his love. He was reassuring us that he hadn't forgotten. And you know, he's restored what was stolen in many, many different ways. But the most, most meaningful thing was that he gave us that message and that he cared so much about us. Um, God will even speak to you from the radio. Uh, uh, Brad Jerzyk tells a story in his book uh, about a friend of his sharing Christ with a very resistant teenager. And he said to the teen, all you really need is the love of Jesus. I am so sure of that, that the next thing you hear on the radio is going to be all you need is love. Suddenly the Beatles classic song came on the radio. The teen surrendered his life knowing God loved him enough to put it on the radio just at the right time to get the message to him. <laughs> so that, that's God. He, he can circumvent any of our technologies and use anything that we've created to uh, get his message to us. Well, it's been quite a journey. I came from a place of communicating with God, but um, really not hearing anything. Um, I think that the turning point for me was I, I came to realize how much God loves me. When I accepted Jesus as my savior, I was about nine years old. I was at Bible camp and it was, we'd had one of those fire and brimstone meetings and um, all, everyone was crying. All the kids were crying and uh, everyone was scared. And so was I. And that's how I accepted the Lord. And it wasn't until many years later that I felt his love and forgiveness and not his judgment. After hearing him speak to me in different ways, he has confirmed to me about his love and care for me. I no longer doubt that I will hear him. I, I really expect that I'm going to hear him. Now I start off the day um, asking him, where are you today? He usually says, I'm right here. I will never leave you or forsake you. It's like, I need that assurance every day that he's right with me. I ask him what's on his heart, what he wants me to know for that day, and, he, and what he wants me to pray for. I mean, the questions are different every, every morning. So, um, but I just, I try to start off the day talking with him. We talked about for 1 Corinthians 14.1, which says that uh, to desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Psalms 37.4 says to take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God our Father delights to give us good gifts so we can pray and ask for the gift of prophecy and words of knowledge. And then believe. 
that's the next thing because he wants to give us these gifts. He asked, he told us to ask and, um, and he delights in us. So he's not going to be withhold. And then it's time to practice. And so um, practice, pray for people. Um, you can ask questions. Who do you want me to encourage today? What do you see when you look at them? You're asking God how he sees them. I, you know, I pray that he would give me his, his heart for people. Because if I, if I look at somebody, you know, people will come across like, oh, everything's okay, everything. Or, you know, you don't know what's in, in a person's heart, but God knows. So ask him, is there a scripture verse I could share? Um, so you have the Holy Spirit living in you. So take a chance and see what God will do through you. And, um, you know, just start praying for people. Ask for divine appointments. He'll open things up for you. So I just want to say, um, pray for you that um, Jesus would just awaken a desire in all of us for the gift of, um, that he has for us and for the Holy Spirit, especially the gift of prophecy that uh, we would just desire that. I pray that our mouths would be filled with prophecy and for the opportunities to use these gifts. And also pray that um, that you would each use one each one of us to encourage others. And uh, we are um, a body of believers, and He wants to use us to encourage one another. And so, Lord, I just thank you for how you are going to um, use each one of us as we desire to these gifts and as we desire to be used of you. And most of all, I want to encourage all of you to um, to not become discouraged if you're not hearing from him. It's a journey. We all, we're all, some people hear from God right away and it's um, um, sometimes easier than other people. It takes, it takes um, prayer and seeking him and desiring these gifts. And you know what? It's taken me years to come to the place where I, I just expect to know I'm going to hear from him. But um, so I want to encourage all of you to seek him, seek his to hear his voice, and he will bless you. And I just uh, thank you for allowing us to speak to you. Amen. Um, I have a sense that uh, in the coming uh, season, God is going to convince the world of his existence. Uh, it's no longer going to be uh, the emphasis of uh, does God exist? The world is going to know uh, that he is God. But, uh, and the question is going to be, are you going to tune into his voice and obey what he is saying? Uh, that will be the emphasis for the coming season. So make that determination in your heart that you will listen and obey. Amen.